My name is Evelyn Aka. I'm the founder and managing lawyer of Aka Business Immigration Law. We are based in Calgary, Alberta, and we have two offices in Toronto and Vancouver, Canada as well. I focus primarily on cross-border NAFTA immigration law for professionals as well as families and individuals looking to move to Canada or move to the United States. I would like to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Today's podcast is all about Canadian spousal sponsorships and work permits, how to get your spouse to join you in Canada and be reunited with the person you love. I hope you enjoy all the valuable information that we share. One of the things we do the most at Aka Immigration Law is our sponsorship applications. And basically, sponsorship applications are applications where you can bring your spouse to Canada. And um, and this sometimes is a really long process because in the past, spouses would have to be separated until they could get their permanent residence and get landed in Canada. And it would cause a lot of stress for the relationship, obviously. Either they'd be outside of Canada for up to two years, or if they were lucky to be together in Canada, they'd come to Canada and they could not work until everything was done. So that really caused a lot of stress for relationships. So now things are a little different, and the Canadian government is really focused on family reunification, bringing spouses together, and allowing them to move through the process of immigration from inside Canada, and now even spouses can work, which is really exciting. So what I'm going to talk about today is the process. Let's talk first about the out-of-Canada process. Let's say you went to Mexico and fell in love and, you know, were in a legitimate relationship for a long period of time, you know, a year, two years longer, and that you both had decided you wanted to be together. The person, let's say, in Mexico can't just come and become a permanent resident. There has to be a process before they can do that. So the first step would be, you get married. If that is what you choose to do, you get married legally, you have the marriage certificate, and then you're able to start the process. And there are a lot of documents that are involved. So the family members also have to be um, on board in the sense that you usually need to show that this is a legitimate relationship by virtue of having family as well, knowing about it or being at the wedding or approving of the relationship. And just giving it extra credibility that this is a a real um, bona fide relationship. So the person um, who comes back to Canada, the Canadian citizen, has to now start the process. And in order to sponsor, you can be either a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident of Canada. And you start the paperwork. The first stage for you as a sponsor is to be approved as a sponsor. And that means that you need to have filed your taxes and be able to show that you. You know, you are um, a contributing member of the community here in Canada and that you are able to to meet all the requirements of sponsorship. Once you do that and you submit your forms as a sponsor, then once you're approved as a sponsor, the the partner that you're trying to bring, the, the husband or wife in Mexico, is then eligible to be able to apply for their part. So both applications actually go in together. But you can't really move forward on the person you want to bring to Canada until you have made the sponsorship eligibility. So let's talk about some of those things. Many people think, oh, it's not a big deal to sponsor somebody. It's actually a really big deal 
because you are saying that for three years, you are going to be on the hook for anything related to them. If the marriage breaks up, if they go on welfare, and the period of time really depends if they're children. It could be three years, five years, 10 years, if you have children involved. Because if they go on welfare or social assistance, the Canadian government can actually claw back your income to make up for the fact that you said you were going to sponsor them. So sponsorship is significant. It's not something we let people go into lightly. We ask a lot of questions. We make sure they're fully aware as to what it takes to be a sponsor. And one thing I really want to talk about too is sponsorship does not require you to have a low income cutoff. Most other areas of Canadian immigration, you must have a certain income, certain salary, so that you can show that you can support the person or the people you're bringing in. But when it comes to spousal or common law or same sex, there is no low income cutoff. And so you could ostensibly be a student not making a lot of money. You fell in love with someone overseas and you want to bring them. You can bring them to Canada under that because of the focus they have on family reunification and especially about keeping partners together. So that's the first thing I want to talk about is the process of bringing somebody to Canada. Um, the timing can be pretty long. So right now we're looking at 18 to 20 months of processing time and, you know, up to two years. And so that makes it really difficult if you're here waiting for the love of your life to come to Canada. And because they're not here as a visitor already, they're not able to just get on the plane and come and wait in Canada while you do an in-Canada application. We really love it if people understand that there's a process for in-Canada and out of Canada, and you can't really mix the two. So if you make a decision that, you know, maybe the person you're with needs a visa to come to Canada, to even get on the plane, um, maybe they're coming from Africa or China, those countries, Eastern European countries, where you actually need a visa before you can get on the plane, um, they have to wait there unless they're eligible for a visa until the whole process is over. So we oftentimes get asked, can I get them a visa to come as a visitor while I'm doing the application? And this really muddies the waters because the way immigration works is you can come as a visitor, but you're also looking to be sponsored and they're really inconsistent. So generally speaking, the, the consulate or the high commission in the country you're in, if they know that you are getting married or you have a plan to be married to Canadian, they may not allow you to be entering as a visitor because they know that is not their true intention. For American citizens, for instance, who come to Canada as visitors, they can stay in Canada and they can be sponsored from Canada while the process continues. They can stay here as a visitor. And that's only because they don't need a visa to get on the plane. So that's something to really think about. When you're trying to determine, should we do in Canada or out of Canada? Think about one, can you get on the plane? Are you eligible to fly to Canada as a visitor? And what are you going to do while you're waiting? Because it can take up to four to five months before the foreign spouse is able to get um, an open spousal work permit. This is really value added for the in Canada applications. Rather than sitting around waiting for a year or two years to become a permanent resident, Within four to five months, the government has created this open spousal sponsorship category where it allows um, spouses who have been approved as sponsors, essentially, and they know the person is in Canada, you're eligible to get a work permit and it's open, meaning you can work for any company in Canada you want. 
and you can do any kind of work you want because you don't need to be sponsored by your employer. You already have a work permit. Um, in my 21 years of practicing immigration law, I can tell you that this is huge for relationships. A lot of people have struggled with the fact that they have to sit at home. Essentially, they can't contribute financially. They can't contribute in a way that you know makes them feel like an equal partner until they became a permanent resident. And it used to be 12 to 18 months. Um, so now that the fact that you can work, it's really making an improvement in that whole relationships um, process. And honestly, people are staying married longer and they're staying in their same sex and common law relationships longer because the financial stress has been removed up to a point. That's still four to five months from the day you apply for the application, but it's way better than 24 months of waiting. The first thing I want you to understand again is the sponsorship process can be done in Canada or out of Canada. If you're outside of Canada, you can't come until literally everything is done. And so we have clients right now that are waiting to come and it's been 18, 20 months and they've been married that long. And the Canadian spouse is going back and forth to visit because they can't be together. That is a hardship. That is a challenge. But there is no way around it right now. You have to wait until the process is finished. Um, as I said, the Canadian government has really put a real focus on bringing families together. So, you know, they're trying to improve the timing, but honestly, it's still taking 18 to 24 months. Some of the documents that you need to provide when you're doing a sponsorship application, let's talk about that. We need to prove that the person you marry or um, have cohabited with for 12 months or more, that is the definition of common law here for immigration purposes in Canada. You must be able to show as a common law spouse that you have bills in common, maybe um, bank accounts in common, there's a joint address, maybe the lease or the mortgage you're both on, all has to show that there has been a 12-month minimum cohabitation. As a part of the application, those that are not married but that are common law also have to sign a statutory declaration with all of those additional documents attached showing that you're on my life insurance, you're on my benefits plan, we have a bank account, all of those indicators of cohabiting. Um, and you have to sign them in front of a notary or a lawyer to verify and confirm this is a legitimate relationship. Okay. And the same thing works for same-sex couples. If you're married, that's great. We use the marriage certificate. We don't need to rely on all these additional documents. But if you're not married and you're same-sex um, couple or um, a heterosexual couple, you still have to make sure you have a marriage certificate that is legal wherever you got married. And even things like providing pictures of the relationship, the trips you've had together, pictures of the wedding ceremony and the reception, who was there, those all go into the process. The other thing is, if children are involved, we have to also look at the fact that sponsorship is extended. If children are involved, the sponsorship time frame is 10 years. So let's say your spouse or your partner has a child and you are now adopting or you become a step-parent, you as the Canadian sponsor is responsible for 10 years for that child that is a part of the marriage family unit. So that's something else to keep in mind. The documents we need to start, I'll just give you a list, unless there are any questions anybody would like to ask. We need to have a Canadian citizenship certificate or permanent residence certificate from the Canadian or permanent resident that's sponsoring. We also need to have any passports, if they're children's passports, 
um, the family passports. Everybody has to provide a valid passport for the application. If you've been married before, you must include your divorce certificate and details on the forms around when you were married, when you were divorced, and the name of the person you're married to. You also need an employer letter to confirm that you're working if you are in Canada, which is great in terms of um, when you started work, how much you're getting paid. Keep in mind, however, you don't need to have a minimum low income cutoff. You just need to be able to show maybe that you're working. It's not significant, but we always like to include it in our applications. For the family members, passports, any travel documents, birth certificates for children, birth certificates of the adults as well. And then also, if there's a custody agreement, let's talk about this. If you're marrying somebody with children, there has to be a custody agreement. Otherwise, you can't bring them with you to Canada. There needs to be explicit permission provided by the individual who is, you know, coming into the country that is showing that they have given permission for the child to be a part of the sponsorship application. Very important. Cannot include child without the court paperwork and the custody arrangement and documentation from the parent from the other country proving that you are eligible to include them and bring them. Sometimes this is an issue because um, even if there is a custody arrangement, sometimes the spouse overseas won't allow the children to have medicals. And this is a part of the process as well. Everybody coming into the country on a permanent basis needs to do the medical uh, that's done by a panel physician. And if you don't do it, it's very difficult to come to Canada. So we've had instances where we've had to, you know, get the ex-spouse involved. And if the ex-spouse says no, then we have to ask for almost discretion by immigration so that they can use their discretion when they look at all the paperwork as to can they come into the country as permanent residents without doing the medical, without getting consent of the parent. Oftentimes, it doesn't go far. Oftentimes, the application would be refused. So those are things that you want to have sorted out before you start your process. If you're adopting, it's the same thing. We have to make sure all the adoption paperwork is in order and that that child is eligible to enter Canada legally before you can include them in your application. Things like police certificates are required, details of military service um, have to be included, passport photos have to be included, because they need to know who you are. And sometimes even things like they'll ask how tall you are, what color are your eyes, what color is your hair? Those are all the things that go into the application. As your lawyers, if we work with you on an application, we take great care in understanding the relationship. We need to know that we are comfortable that this is truly a relationship of love and commitment and not a marriage of convenience because that for us, that's misrepresentation and we will not take the file if we have any doubts. Sometimes we see people who are in relationships and there's a huge age difference, you know, maybe 30, 40 years. And, um, and we ask more and more questions about those types of relationships. We need to feel comfortable that this is truly a relationship of adults that are making that decision and that their paperwork is in order. Or again, we'll say, maybe not. More than ever, we're finding people who are uh, finding each other online and they meet their partner online and they have a long distance relationship and they decide they want to get married. If they've never met before, we don't touch that file. To me, you have to be together. You have to go spend time together. You can't really consider that you want to marry somebody when you've never spent time with them. Again, these are the indicators of authenticity that Canada Immigration looks at so that they can 
make a decision if this is a valid relationship. I wanted to do this today, obviously on Valentine's Day, I'm in my Valentine's Day red, because I think love is great, we believe in it. And most of the things that we do related to spousal sponsorship truly are found in love. You know, we, we see the people when they come here, we meet them when they land. It's really exciting. It allows people to just start their life all over and to be, to be reunited and to have the opportunity to work and live in Canada as permanent residents and hopefully in the future citizens of Canada. Some of the things we include as well, I just want to give you a sense of things like airline tickets. Have you visited each other? Have you gone on vacation together? Uh, do your friends know about each other? Sometimes we will also get letters from family and friends that are reinforcing this is a truly legitimate relationship. Pictures of trips, pictures of family together, the first meetings. Because again, even if you're married, you still have to satisfy immigration that this is real. That is the core foundation of permanent residence under the sponsorship category. Is this a legitimate relationship? Another aspect of immigration that we haven't talked about yet. So there is the married, the spousal, then there's a the common law spouse. And of course, there's the same sex, married or common law. That's one thing I really appreciate about Canada is unlike some other countries, we are very open-minded and we have included same-sex marriages and same-sex partnerships in our spousal sponsorship category. And I think that's just a fabulous thing to allow people to come in whatever family structure they have to be together. One category that we do very rarely, that, but that is a part of the regulations, is called the conjugal category. This is a conjugal category. Basically, it's a spousal category. But the reason it's called conjugal and not spousal or marriage is because these people aren't together and they haven't been able to establish 12 months of cohabiting. So it's like a long distance relationship that goes on and on and on for years and years and years. Then it allows people, you know, to, to move to the relationship stage, even if they're not together. And so a lot of the things that have to be shown in this category are they have to be able to show how you guys have kept in touch. What have you done all this time so that you can be together? Those are the things that matter the most. What have you done to be able to be together? And so things like um, lots of your chats online, letters you've written to each other, gifts you've sent each other, etc., all are showing that this is a legitimate relationship. And so um, those are harder applications to make. And sometimes we'll say we don't think it's strong enough. Sometimes there'll be religious um, reasons why we can't, you know, be together. And maybe in the country you're coming from, some countries like, say, Saudi Arabia, there needs to be real approval. And you have to go through a number of hoops to get married. And if you're not able to be together, because of those processes, you might have to do it as a conjugal and then have the person come to Canada and then be able to move through your process and maybe get married in Canada. One of the things I want to talk about again is the ability to work. You know, I think as anybody who's been with a spouse who may not be working or out of work, it's not fun. And so to be here in a new country with a spouse that maybe a new climate right now in Calgary, it's minus 20 degrees Celsius. Those are challenging already, not to know where you're going, not to be with your family, and not to be able to find work. That has played a really big part in a lot of challenges for relationships. And even just the moment, like the idea of moving, that immigrant experience is very difficult. 
So the fact that the Canadian government allows spouses to have been approved in principle to be able to work after four or five months of submitting their application internally is a fabulous thing. And we really, really think that sets us apart from many countries where spouses can't do anything or they can't even come and apply from within the country until they are married and until they have their permanent residence in their hand and they get landed. For spouses who now get landed, let's talk about what happens when you get to Canada. You get a certificate of permanent residence if you're from outside of the country and it's the document that lets you get on the plane, you get your visa if you're coming from a country where you need a visa and you get your certificate of permanent residence and you travel to Canada and you get, you know, you get on the plane, you land in Canada and essentially they'll stamp you, they'll see the paperwork you have and they'll welcome you to Canada and they'll say, welcome to Canada. You've been landed. That's why in the, in the past, historically, that whole process was called coming to Canada was called getting landed. And it used to be called landed immigrancy. Now we call it, you know, permanent residence, the granting of permanent residence. But it really means the same thing. The minute you land in Canada as a permanent resident, you're eligible to get a social insurance number, which is our equivalent of your social security number. You're allowed to then, you know, get started working right away. And you'll, depending on the province you're in, you're also eligible to get uh, medical coverage. So some provinces make you or require you to stay and live there for, uh, you know, three months and to show that you've been resident for three months before you get to take advantage of the Canadian healthcare system, which is a true benefit for Canadians and permanent residents of Canada. Other provinces, the minute you get there, you're eligible to apply for benefits plan. And this allows you to go see doctors and allows you to go to emergency and, you know, all of those routine medical visits are covered here in Canada, which is another benefit for many people when they look to come to Canada. We do this a lot and it's something that we really enjoy. And it is very detail-oriented. The packages usually are quite thick, something like this, because we include as much as we possibly can to verify and show immigration officials how authentic this relationship is. Pictures, wedding invitations, the pictures from the wedding and the honeymoon, you know, letters from family and friends and churches and community members, everybody who knows you, who knows that you're involved with somebody, it's great to include it. We also do our legal submission letter where we outline why it is that this relationship qualifies for sponsorship and all of the points that we need to make to verify this is an authentic relationship. If we're in doing an in-Canada application, we have to include the work permit application as well. Many people forget this if they do this on their own. So please don't forget this. If you're not going to call us and work with us, make sure if you're doing an in-Canada application, you ensure that you include the work permit application form and the fee. $155 for a work permit. For the spousal, it's $255. Make sure you include the $255 so that when your sponsor gets to that point of being approved, um, usually four to five months, they can issue immediately that work permit. If you don't include it, you can't go back and include it afterwards. You then have to wait the entire 18 to 24 months, which is not what you want if you're sitting in Canada. Well, folks, that's the end of our podcast about Canadian spousal sponsorships and work permits. I hope the information was valuable to you. Please do let me know if you have any questions. You can reach us at akalaw.com, A-C-K-A-H-L-A-W.com, or you can contact us by phone at 403-452-9515. Have a great day. Thank you.